You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. Is AI going to take your job? Another way to put it is, where is everybody? Like, where did all the workers in restaurants go? Where did all the workers in the airplanes go? Like, I just was reading today, JetBlue has to cut down on flights because there aren't enough air traffic controllers. Where did everybody go? Well, I have on the man who has the answer, and it's Matt Barry from Freelancer.com. Things have changed so much since the last time he came on. He came on in 2017. And the world has gone from 3% of people doing freelancing work to upwards of 40% of people doing freelancing work. And now AI, is that going to just change everything for the better or for worse? We talk about all these things, talk about the economy, worst case scenarios, best case scenarios. But most of all, it's just fascinating. Is AI going to take your job or anybody else you know? Here's Matt and I talking about it. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show. Matt, we last spoke six years ago, and I feel like the freelancing world has a billion percent changed. What an incredible I mean, time in the, in to the, be alive. 
I mean, and, and be a freelancer or be an entrepreneur. It's incredible now. I mean, in 2020, I was reading that only 3% of the workforce were freelancers. And now it's up to 40% of the workforce does some sort of freelancing work. What are they all doing? What's happened to the world? I mean, other than the pandemic. Well, I mean, every job in the world now can be done with a computer pretty much from anywhere in the world. Software has, you know, eaten everything. It's all moved into the cloud and uh, human computer interaction has got so good that, uh, you know, people on the other side of the world can work in a team on pretty much any profession and, you know, in real time. Uh, at the same time, you've got whole huge numbers of people that have gone online uh, around the world in emerging markets as the internet's kind of uh, grown everywhere and getting skilled up, getting trained up. And now with artificial intelligence, Everyone in the world can now perform at the elite level in a whole variety of skills. You can now illustrate at the level of an elite illustrator, even though you might not have any design skills whatsoever. You can write copy. Uh, you, can, you can program using ChatGPT. Um, it's, an, it's just an incredible time. And uh, the, the whole space is moving so quickly with um, you know all the tooling that's now available for freelancers that is all powered by AI. Yeah, and like a lot of people go back and forth on the AI component of this. And I... And I I'm I'm still interested in like in the economics of like why people are leaving the kind of regular workforce for freelancing, but a lot of people are worried will AI take their jobs? So let's say I was going to hire someone to make a logo. Well, now I could just go to Midjourney or Dolly or any of these AI graphic tools and say, get me a logo. Give me five. Give me five thousand logos. I'm going to pick from, and this is what I want, and and then do it in the style of Salvador Dolly, and boom, it does it. Like, is there going to be a human need? for many of the typical freelancing jobs. Oh, absolutely, because you still need someone to drive all the tools. My, my, you know, my mother would be completely in, unable to go to mid-journey and figure out how to, how to use it. Um, and also people are very time poor, so you always need to get people to do things for you. Uh, even if you know how to do the particular work, you've, you've got to get people to assist you with that. You know, these tools basically are super skill everyone. It lifts, it lifts the, the ability of everyone um, around the world in, in a variety of different categories, and that's going to uh, increase. And the world is desperately short in skilled labor. Uh, all around the world, you know, every female on the planet needs to have 2.1 children to maintain the population. And across the Western world, there are, the birth rate is way below the replacement rate. Even in Bangladesh today, the birth rate is well below the replacement rate. So we're critically short, you know, engineers, critically short computer scientists and programmers. You know, in some countries like Japan, it's so pronounced that in you know, 2011, Unicharm, which is the largest manufacturer of diapers in, in Japan, says we now produce more adult diapers than baby diapers. Right, so so there's a there's a there's a huge there's that a, is an unbelievable. That's the statistic of the day. <laughs> so there's a, there's a there's a huge niche for skilled talents, and you know, like all technologies in the past, um, you know, technology can be disruptive temporarily, but it does create more jobs in the end than it takes. Although, you know, I will say the advances that are happening in AI, you know, one week in AI seems to be one year in any other field of field of research. We'll kind of see see where it ends up. But you know, what we're seeing right now is that the, that basically it's giving superpowers to people around the world, no matter what your skill set is, you can now, you know, work in all these different areas at the elite level. It's incredible. It reminds me of like in the 90s where people would spend a lot of money hiring others like freelancers to make their websites. But then making websites became ridiculously cheap, at least at the basic level, because you could just use WordPress or something like that. But still probably now more people than ever are hired to build websites because you still need, no matter what, a human component to really manage the process. Like there, there, there's always, it seems like a human component, no matter what the technology is. 
That's right. And, and people are very time poor. There's so many things you can do in the world now that you're hyper-connected, right? And there's so many distractions, whether it's whether it's work yeah. or whether it's Instagram or whether it's, you know, you know, communicating with people or whatever it is. You know, the time is increasingly precious. And so you do need people to help you no matter what it is. And if you look at some of these professions and what's happened over the last decade or two uh, with the internet and, and, and with um, software and so forth, you know, look at a graphic designer. You know, 20 years ago, graphic designers, their bread and butter, at least you know, amongst the people I knew that were doing graphic design, was I'll design for you a logo and you know, I'll do that for a few thousand dollars. And then afterwards, what I'll do is I'll do a stationary set for you with business cards and that'll be like a little bit more. And you know, it was all kind of that level of, of sort of work. You know, over the last decade, graphic designers don't really, in the West, don't really do that anymore. They're up the stack now. They're designing apps. They're designing websites. They're designing businesses, right? They can now hire freelancers who can program to help them kind of turn their dreams into reality. Um, and and with AI, it's going to be another leap again where, you know, the, the AI will probably design the app and the website for you and you'll be more of a conductor or the editor or the producer or the cinematographer saying, I want it to be a little bit different, uh, maybe a bit more color there, uh, add a feature so we can, you know, do the following. And, and you know, the nature of work is going to be more and more higher level and more, more at the, you know, the production level and the directing level than, than maybe on the tools pushing pixels around the screen. And, you know, let, let me ask this. I wonder if this is true for Australia like, and, and around the world. Because, again, freelancer.com is, is a global site. There's about 60 million users. So it's around the world. I wonder if you're seeing the same thing we're seeing very particularly here in the U.S., which is after the pandemic, it seemed like nobody went back to work. Like every restaurant was complaining to me, oh, we don't have anybody. None of our old employees came back. Where did everybody go? Did they all go to freelancer.com? No, I mean, a lot of them did, actually, yes. Uh, so th there's been three major um, points in the world in the last um, decade where you've had this discontinuity of disruption that's, that's occurred in the marketplace for work. We saw it in the, originally in the global financial crisis where, you know, even though that was mainly uh, in the US for the most part, you had three things happening. You had businesses going online uh, looking to do things cheaper because it obviously, you know, all the layoffs and everyone was trying to cut costs. You had a lot of people looking for work online and then you had the third phenomenon, which was a lot of people were creating businesses uh, because they're like, you know what, I, I lost my job at Lehman Brothers. Yeah, you know, I've got six months before I kind of will take it seriously and get back into the workforce. Why don't I kind of build that startup that I was always wanting to build or go help my wife with her, her shop. She always wanted to get a website put together. I'll kind of help her with that. Uh, we saw that um, again in the pandemic, three things were happening, you know, people looking for work online, business looking to cut costs, but a lot of startup businesses were happening. And, you know, people were kind of, you know, let's build a little drop shipping um, website where on Facebook, I can sell a particular product that I found off Alibaba or, you know, I can build a game that was very popular. Lots of games were being developed and so forth. And we're seeing it again today with, the, with all the layoffs that's happening in tech where, you know, I think last year there was like 170,000 layoffs in you know, technology companies in the US. And, you know, people are doing the same thing. They're like, you know what, I'm not going to go back working at a, at a big tech company or, or what have you. I'm going to do my own startup. Here's a chance for me to kind of go out there and, and do it myself. And, you know, we're seeing a big boom in, in you know, software development apps. Um, we're seeing a big boom in uh, games and so on. Like what kind of games? Like I, when I think of a game, I think of these really high-tech 3D, yep. you know, super games that take a thousand man years to build like can someone just go on freelancer.com and say oh i could build a game like how, how do you how do you build a game absolutely you, you you come in and you just kind of write out write out a brief and you say this is kind of how i want it to work and and there's there's all sorts of freelancers all the way from individuals right up to to professional agencies uh that will do it for you for for any budget really i mean there's there's one that happened uh like as, as we speak they're, they're building a game around war and strategy uh there'll be you know there's missions special events and a high, entire campaign storyline 
Um, they're implementing a play-to-play feature and a play versus machine model, et cetera. And you can do this stuff very, very, very inexpensively, about one-tenth of what it, you know, expect to cost if you went to local agencies. And um, you know, the talent is incredible today. You know, any skill set you can possibly imagine, you can hire kind of the snap of your fingers by just posting a project and it's there. Basically, the global economy benefits. So you have people in third world countries who are doing this labor cheaply, and you have people like who are laid off from Amazon last week. Uh, they have maybe a little extra cash to hire somebody from some other country through a site like freelancer.com or Upwork or whatever. They can uh, lay out the cash to build a game, build a website, build a, a, a store, whatever. That's so, right. So who's who actually will, will restaurants all go out of business because there's not going to be any waiters anymore? Well, I mean, there's a, there is there is an issue with restaurants. Why would someone be a waiter? But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty amazing phenomenon because what's happening is, um, you know, France is a pretty magical place because, you know, the 66 million people are on the on the marketplace. Um, they're creating the future and they're creating opportunity and it's really changing lives. So, so on one hand, yeah, you've got the, the guy who left Amazon in, in the US who's like, you know what, I'm going to start a, a game or I'm going to start a, a website or an app or what have you. And so they're kind of creating the future and innovating and, and doing, you know, fun, fun things. Um, and on the other side, you've got people in emerging markets who are working in highly skilled areas and it's generating opportunity and income and tech jobs and you know, you know, skills are being generated and so forth. Um, and so it's, it's, it's changing lives on the other side of the equation as well because, you know, glo- globally there's, you know, a huge disparity in, in things like wages, right? And the average wage in the US last time I checked was about $123 a day and the average wage in India was something like $2.25 a day. So there's like, like a 50 to 1 disparity. And those, those ratios might have changed a little bit, but, but the, point, the point is you can, you can deliver high-paying jobs on one side of the equation um, in, in areas that desperately need them and, and lift skills up and uh, build independence because the freelancers, they're all, you can choose when you want to work, what field you want to work in, how much you want to be paid, uh, and so forth. And at the same time, it's it's really, um, it's architecting the future of, of, of basically work. It's going to create a job rather than take a job. And I think a lot of people, when they went off, you know, you know, the stimulus happened and there was a lot of, you know, benefits and, 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 and so forth. You correctly identified that a lot of people didn't go back to the traditional workforce. They're like, you know what, I can, I can run my own business now. I can find ways to start things, uh, you know, side hustles even to supplement my income. And I get to kind of, you know, be master of my own destiny rather than kind of, you know, clock in, clock out nine to five. And it seems like AI is this huge thing that's only just happened like yesterday. That's going to completely change the nature of freelancing. Even like, as, as we were already discussing, like what skills are going to be the important skill sets to be a freelancer in the coming months, years, and so on, now that AI has been introduced. It seems like you're going to have to have really good communication and project management skills. Like you said, people are going to have to be conductors of many different skill sets that AI is 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 doing, as opposed to necessarily having the skill yourself. That's right. I mean, the, the advances, are, I mean, if you think about it, it's only since August of last year that like, Stable Diffusion came out, which kind of kicked off the whole uh, arms race. And now you've got things like Midjourney, you've got obviously ChatGPT4, which came out, which is game-changing. Any sort of white-collar job um, now, the AI will be able to figure out and and probably do at at the elite level. And so where the opportunity comes in is, A... Now anyone's super skilled, anyone can use the tools, anyone can get in there and, and perform at the elite level across a range of different areas. And yes, the jobs will move up the stack just like they've moved it with every you know, leap of technology. So you will be less sort of programming in you know Python and you'll be more saying, I would like to have an app that's like Uber for pets. 
Uh, can you change the features here? Can you, um, you know, more of a product manager, more of a director, more of a conductor. You know, I, 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 the styling, I don't really like the styling. Can you please make the styling a little bit more modern or a bit more sleek or a bit more like that website or generate a mood board for me based upon the following, you know, preferences or and what have you. So so it's going to be really lifting productivity levels, both of, of the freelancers that do the work and also the speed at which companies can commercialize products. Because you, you'll literally be able to say, okay, build me a company today and I want a website, I want an app. I want it to work like this. I want it to be in this sort of styling and presto, it's there. Then you've got to have all the real challenges of, well, how do I sell it? How do I market it? And so forth. What are you seeing the most in terms of like changes just in the past few months across the freelancer.com community? Oh, definitely in design and copywriting. So, you know, copywriters now are less writing the copy themselves and they're more being the editor. So ChatGPT, for example, can generate content in any field you, you want. Um, but then you have to tell it, well, actually, do it again, but um, do it in a different style. Or I, I showed off an example. There's a friend of mine who runs Macro Voices, the podcast, Eric Townsend. I had lunch with him the other day. And he's like, oh, you know, could you get it to write an interview transcript with me with um, Sergei Glaziev? And I, it wrote the transcript as if the two of them were, were speaking. And he's like, oh, but it doesn't really understand that um, he might have a, a certain bias given his position in the Russian ministry. And so I said, ChatGPT, do it again, noting that he's in the Russian ministry and he might have a bit of bias. And I rewrote the whole transcript. And he's like, wow. Right. So you will play more of an editorial role, like a cinematographer or a director or a producer sort of role where, where you'll, you'll look at it and go, okay, change that, change this, what have you. But the, but the AI itself in terms of what it can generate would be incredible. I mean, like in a few weeks from now, you better say, um, make me the movie Top Gun 17 where um, Putin's fighting that with Tom Cruise and you hit a button and bang, the movie will come out the other side. That's literally weeks away. So uh, it's pretty exciting times and the whole industry is going to change. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting... And, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to 
hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Whenever someone says, well, ChatGPT can do this, but it'll never be able to do that, you know they're wrong. <laughs> like it's whatever you say that's never going to be able to do, eventually it will do it. And so the question is, at what point, I mean, with every change in technology in history, as you said earlier, there's always been more jobs created than lost. Or like when horses were replaced by cars, more jobs were created than were lost in the horse industry. But will there come a, a tipping point where AI finally does the full human experience, the full human job, you know, in, in major industries? Well, yeah, and major, you've got to remember that most jobs actually are not online jobs. Most jobs are actually physical jobs where you kind of have to go somewhere and, you know, pick something up and, and put it down. And until they've plugged ChatGPT into Boston Dynamics Atlas, we've got a bit of time left uh, before Terminator <laughs> sort of takes over. Um, but yeah, certainly... Um, I think it'd be interesting when the, when the software starts writing itself, like, you know, when ChatGPT gets given the source code to ChatGPT and said, you know, can you improve ChatGPT? Uh, it'd be pretty crazy. I think the other big crazy thing is going to happen is when they feed in every single academic paper, every thesis that's been written but, you know, by a PhD student, every bit of research known to man, and they'll say, okay, based on all of that research, can you write a paper for a pill that will extend human life by five years or, or whatever it may be? I think you'll have a technological explosion that's going to come out the other side of that. And and you know that combined with you know uh, the feedback loop of the software writing the software, uh, if ChatGPT can kind of 
write itself. You you might get a pretty crazy sort of times. I mean, they've talked about the singularity for years where, you know, at some point te- technology will outstrip the ability, you know, the, the pace at which technology improves will um, outpace the ability of the human mind to be able to comprehend it and you'll end up like this big bang sort of phenomena where either man and machine will meld and that's what Elon Musk is trying to do with um, Neuralink where he's you know, tr- trying to say, well, maybe the future of humanity is being inside the machine um, or you might end up with a Terminator event where, you know, the chat GPT ends up driving Boston Dynamics Atlas and then, you know, the AI figures out that humans are a threat and they're a waste of resources and you get in, you know, you're trying to call for John Connor at that point. Um, or it might be the Peter, Peter Diamandis model who's, who runs um, the XPRIZE Foundation where he says it's the age yeah. of abundance and everything will be plentiful and you'll be sitting back with your feet up and everything you'll, every whim you want will be provided for and you might be in that sort of universal basic income sort of scenario where, you know, we've got that age of plenty, everything's provided for you, you don't have to do anything and everyone kind of just sits around playing World of Warcraft 15 or something or other, which is generated on the fly. And, uh, you know... The I most- mean, if you compare now to like, let's say even, let's say 50 years ago, think about it, like you can already order food delivered to you. You can have a famous chef cook your food, have it delivered to you, watch on your large screen TV, a hundred million dollar movie that was made by Steven Spielberg, and then sleep in your bed, which is monitoring all your vitals while you sleep. Like it, 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 we already live like unbelievable digital, like gods. And what's going to happen next is is unbelievable. I guess I guess the main thing that so many people are uncertain about is what will this uh, could this be have a negative effect on their lives? Like, well, for instance, if you're a journalist, there's no reason to hire journalists anymore. You could just say, hey, ChatGPT. There was this incident that happened today. Summarize it for me and let, and put run it in the paper. Like like unless you're an investigative journalist, well, you're gone. Oh yeah, well, I was about to I was about to say that right. Um, I actually think the quality of journalism's gone downhill a lot because the whole business yes. model has been transformed by Google. In that it's just how many you know clicks and views of a page you've got and how many ad impressions you've got, and as a result of that, um, it's really about you know can you write a real clickbait headline that gets people to click on a on a link, right? And the actual journalism has been reduced to 500 words and and you probably know better than anyone. It's very hard to get more than one idea across in 500 words. And so what's actually been lost is the actual narrative of what actually is happening in the world. I'm on yeah. LinkedIn. I was, I was made one of the 100 influencers at one point and so I could post, you know, really long stuff that everyone would read. I wouldn't publish every week. I would publish once a year something that would be like, you know, 85 pages long and I'd try and actually string together the narrative of actually what's going on and that actually had remarkable pickup. Like, uh, you know, I had an article that was read by a million people in two days, went viral around the world. So I actually think that there is a lost part of journalism, which is more of the long story narrative, the investigative piece and so forth. I think the quality of journalism has dropped dramatic. So I think there's still a place for journalism that chat GPT won't fill. But I think, you know, the run-of-the-mill sort of stuff like, you know, the sports scores and comment on the on the, the baseball game or, you know, a stock market going up or down or world events or what have you, I think a lot of that can potentially at a very basic level be done by software and and, and, and probably already is in a fairly big way. But I think that there will be a place for yeah, I, you I know, higher level, more sophisticated work that the AI won't do. Let's say you're 25 years old and you don't want a traditional job, you want to be a freelancer, what would you say are like the four or five professions where someone even in the US could make a living, could make a good living as a young person? Well, the three big ones right now are actually user interface design, um, game development, and programming. They're the ones that the top earners for, for freelancing. You know, I think product management is a huge industry that's taking off with, I mean, 15 years ago, the title of the, of the role wasn't even around, but now every 
tech company in the world is sucking in product managers. And product managers are basically you're a mini CEO of something. So it's a multifaceted jack of all trades sort of profession. And I think, you know, those sort of skills, I mean, the AI is going to take a bit of time, I think, to be able to reach human level of aesthetics and be able to, to decide how products should actually be built properly. I mean, it can, it's very good at looking at all the world's you know, content on the internet and then going, okay, um, based upon that, I can do something you know, at the top level uh, in any field. But I think you know, tastes change and human behavior changes. And I also think you, you're going to get a bit of a reflexive thing happening uh, on the internet. The, the big thing I think is going to happen is this whole open world that's been created because of Google and search engine optimization where, you know, everyone you know, produce great content, put it on your on the internet for free. Google will index it and then kind of monetize it by displaying ads when you search for stuff. I think that whole model is going to implode. I think all the data sets are going to go private. I think people are going to turn off turn off their logged out um, web pages because Google, Google's going to, I think in a, in a very much an existential moment right now. There's a finite amount of search traffic in the world, so you and I, there's a finite number of things that we actually interested in searching for every day, right? And a lot of that has now been deviated to ChatGPT or similar, right? Or or will be like I think I think ChatGPT is even though it's the fastest growing app ever, it's still a lot of people don't use it every day, but they will. Oh, the next 12 months will be bigger in terms of change than the launch of the commercial internet in 94, 95. I mean, 94 was the year you, the geeks had email addresses. 95 was the year your grandmother had an email address and everything changed forever. Everyone's selling online. Yeah. The next, next 12 months are going to be just even bigger than that. So I can, so I can guarantee you that Google's going to lose a lot of search volume and the tolerance for people to see 53 ads when searching for something. I mean, you go to Google now, it's ridiculous. You say Flowers Sydney and bang, yeah. you've got 53 ads on this page and you've got to keep scrolling down before you see any relevant content. And the content that you do see has all been tweaked to kind of generate Google more money because when Google launches their um, algorithm changes, and they did one just actually a few weeks ago, what they're doing you know, is they're not cutting back on web spam. They're actually A-B testing revenue. So they're rerouting the internet just to make Google more money. So it's all, yeah, that's kind of what's happening there. But, but the point is that no one's going to be tolerate that heavily ad-soaked model um, for search. It's, you know, ChatGPT is very clean. There's no ads, right? And so I think what's going to happen is, you know, anything you put publicly on the internet is going to be sucked down by the AI uh, or multiple AIs. Um, and so a lot of these companies that do produce, you know, new data that is important and interesting, what have you, they're going to close that off. They're not going to show it to Google anymore. Google's, the traditional Google search engine is going to be less relevant. Um, and Google's have a real existential crisis because it won't be able to throw so many ads at people. So I so I, I think it's because I mean think about it you know you give it two three four years from now you know if I'm a scientific researcher and I publish a paper you know the AI will suck that down in a nanosecond and then potentially commercialize it somehow right so people are going to be unwilling to share content online and they're going to keep those data sets private and monetize them in other ways rather than you know through and, you know, and, and also the the AI has learned from all the public data that's out there so like. The AI presumably has read every Wikipedia post, has read every Reddit post, has read you know most blogs. So, you know, when you ask Google a question, one one third of those questions you probably end up on Wikipedia as the answer. So you divert, you know, Google's like a way station to Wikipedia for for about a third of the questions that are asked. So to some extent now, ChatGPT just skips that whole thing and just answers you directly. Yeah, well, I mean, Google does that in a very cunning way. So what they do is. Um Wikipedia is shown there as a token bit of organic content to make it look like they're actually showing you relevant information rather than just ads. And because Wikipedia is not, yeah, a, yeah. not a commercial effort. So it's, it, that's why it kind of ranks there all the time. But yeah, I, I, I certainly get your point. But um, yeah, I just think, I think all the data sets going to go private. I think 
I think uh, the whole model is going to change. The Google model is going to change. Search is going to move to more of a chat interface and a voice-driven chat interface. You know, the next version of Siri is going to be pretty crazy. And uh, we'll see where it ends up. How is freelancer.com going to change uh, as a result of AI? I, th I think it's incredibly beneficial for us because, number one, um, the supply of skilled labor is desperately needed worldwide. That's the whole thesis behind freelancer. And now that that supply of skilled labor is going, going up dramatically, people are increasingly time poor and need people to do things for them. So, you know, I, I, take, I take the example of my mother. Like, she needs to get things done all the time, but she's not going to sit down and figure out the journey or what have you, even if it get, even if the face gets really, really nice and easy. She's not going to be figure out how to draw an illustration, resize it, put it up on a website, maintain right. it, you know, whatever. It's not going to happen. So, so someone's going to have to do all that work, sort of work. And the other thing is the ability for us to personalize content for you to help you get things done is extreme, right? We've got we've got a whole bunch of AI that's being deployed right across the website right now. So, for example, you type your project description, you know, kind of what you, what you want done. Most people don't know what they want done. Most people come and they go, oh, I want to build a website, but they don't know the functionality that they want on that website. They don't know what platform to select. And building a website is how long is a piece of string. It could be a $50 website. It could be a $500,000 website. It really depends how complex and, and so forth. But the ability for the AI to help you with that job spec and write the job spec out for you and iterate over that and show you a mood board and do you like that, do you not like that? And then basically help you find the best freelancer that's specific for that and then structure the, the product development plan, write the technical specification. All that stuff can be done automatically. And so that's on the on the entrepreneur side. I would imagine also on the freelancer side, look, a lot of people are from countries where English might not be their native language. So even just structuring a proposal, it's going to help them. It's funny you mentioned that. We've got a feature we're pushing uh, actually in the next uh, week where the chat interface will magically transcribe your voice and your typing to a different language. And so you can be... Oh, that's you know, really fascinating. You could be, you know, have very poor grasp of English and you can now speak fluently in English uh, by voice, and it would just pop out the chat side, and vice versa. So that's all. That's all going on live in a week from now. It's all moving so fast, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, all the changes that happen. And I'm still trying to decide whether, well, you know, I think if you're like if you have a brand like Freelancer.com, AI is not going to suddenly make its own brand. Like people, it's not going to become Freelancer.com. Freelancer, Upwork, a few of the winners in the in the freelancing space will continue to be that way. It's not going to recreate Uber. Uber will still be Uber. So in terms of like companies that have already made it through and have become big brands, they've kind of survived the AI apocalypse that might be coming for industries. But I wonder what industries will just basically shut down. You know, again, like you, you were mentioning like basic graphic design, it's not shut down, but it's changed. You can't just like design stationary. You actually have to build the app and design the app now for people. And so, so industries are going to morph and skill sets are going to change, but it's going to be interesting. Well, I had a thought about that. I think the industries that have a creative element to it are, or a human connection to it or um, you know, really higher level critical thinking to it, that you know, everything will just go up the stack. There are some industries though where I think it's very much rule driven. For example, accounting. If you're an accountant, basically yeah. the government sets the rules and your job as an accountant is to basically not be creative, right? You know, is to follow the rules, right? And I think there's professions like that, which I think will just be done in a nanosecond through an app and in real time. And I think those jobs are going to change quite dramatically. I think a lot of legal work's going to change. Um, certainly at one yeah. end, you could be creative and argue in court and this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of legal work is drafting. And right now I can get ChatGPT4 to draft me any document I want. 
They'll write me a patent. It will write me a non-disclosure agreement, write me a Series 8 stock subscription agreement, uh, and it'll do a pretty good job. I actually sat down with a bunch of lawyers last week in Vancouver, and they said, oh, I bet it can't draft a escrow agreement for a share purchase in the province of British Columbia because there's a few little tips and tricks that you've got to follow, right? And I hit the button. and Challenge <laughs> accepted. The guy's face just went, he looked at his partner, he said, just as well, I'm retiring next year. It's your problem now. <laughs> no, it's true. There's already a company set up that will, AI does all the back and forth. If you get like a parking ticket or you know a driving ticket, uh, they will handle all the legal work for you just using AI. Yeah, I think there'll be an explosion of lawsuits because it's so simple now to um, for the AI to, to create a suit and, and file it. And I think there'll be an explosion of defense, you know, apps to defend against these lawsuits. So I, I think legal, I think the legal system will be busy, very very busy, because the cost to the cost to enter a suit is usually quite expensive. And now that that barrier's dropped because the the AI will do the drafting for you. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Now, do you think with all this innovation happening and, you know, you take AI and then you take innovations that have already been occurring on in other industries like biotech and so on and, and robotics and every industry, do you think that innovation will be enough to perhaps slow down what's happening? Because, you know, my opinion is it was a shame the global economy shut down for almost two whole years and we still don't know the full ramifications of that. Part of the ramifications is that we went from 3% freelancers to 40% freelancers. Another ramification, other ramifications we just don't know, like the effect on currencies and so on. So do you think, though, the pace of innovation will be fast enough to kind of reverse whatever negative effect we have from, from shutting down the economy for a couple of years? Well, I, yeah. Well, I think freelancing is incredibly deflationary, and I think the advances in AI are probably one of the most deflationary things we've seen in, in, in human history. So I think, yeah, I think they will certainly have an effect to try and slow some of the inflationary pressures. But I think the Fed is kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Right? I mean, typically you have to raise the policy rate. I think about four or five percent above the real inflation rate in order to kind of you know, stem inflation you know, in, a, in a traditional sort of textbook sense. Uh, and I think yeah. the real, I think the numbers about six or seven percent roughly in terms of inflation is being reported. The, the real number is probably close to fifteen. And yeah. you know they, they raised they raised rates to four point seven five in the fastest hike I think in history, and Silicon Valley Bank blew up, 
right? And Silicon Valley Bank is, it was doing phenomenally well because it banks all the tech companies, right? It, it, had, it went from $60 billion in deposits to $190 billion in deposits in two years. So it was flush with cash. It just had nothing to, to, to lend to because those deposits are liabilities on the, on the bank's balance sheet. And so they've got to have assets. They've got to loan it out. And uh, they couldn't figure out what, what, what to do with it. So they stuck $82 billion into mortgage-backed securities, an average yield of 1.56% over 10 years, which meant you got your money back in 10 years, no problem, but startups burn cash all the time. And went quarter by quarter and the startups kept on burning and then they kind of had a bit of a liquidity crisis when when the VCs broke ranks and said, pull your money out. So I think all the banks around the US are going to have that problem. So the Fed, if the Fed keeps raising rates, you're going to blow up a bunch more banks. If you lower rates, you're going to, inflation's going to be out of control and the US debt is mathematically unpayable at the current level. So, you know, I, and in some way, I think the US government wants a lot of inflation to continue so that the, the debt problem becomes smaller and smaller and smaller in... Um, you know, once you, you know, and that's why they want to have a policy rate of two percent usually, because after thirty years, the the, the debt problem is half half as big because you've inflated it away. So I think they kind of want to run inflation hot for a few more years, and then, uh, and that's why you've got these policies like you know Green New Deal and you know, you know reparations for everyone, and um, you know education, you know, waiver student debt, and, and so forth, uh, because I think they want to run inflation hot to make the, the the U.S. debt problem go away, and then they'll do some sort of a reset with a central bank digital currency, maybe with some loose backing by gold or whatever, what have you, but certainly a pretty dynamic space right now. But yeah, I, I mean, these are very, you know, freelancing, you know, uh, freelancing online and um, the AI and, and software and so forth, very deflationary forces. So we'll, we'll see where it ends up. Well, you know, it's interesting because before they dropped all this money on the economy during the pandemic, they were fighting deflation. Like that was what was keeping the, the Federal Reserve governors up at night was worries about deflation because of technology changes or because of, of, freelancing around the world and so on. And they kind of got their wish of inflation, but maybe maybe too much. And hopefully some of it is transitory because supply lines were, were all shut down. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see. Um, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be an interesting time. I mean, the problem is printing money won't dig any more copper out of the ground any faster, really. Yeah. These things take time. But that's why we got, we got off all the, you know, we got off all the gold standards because we didn't have enough gold to pay, to pay our, our debts. Well, I mean, getting off the gold standard was was phenomenal for the U.S. in terms of driving economic growth, right? It basically meant you could just print money and, you know, you, you know, you, you, you're playing Monopoly and, and you're the banker and you can print your own money. You can buy buy everything on the board. It's been it was phenomenal for the U.S. But now we're going to, you know, obviously a few things got depegged, such as you know wages, and now we're getting the ramifications of that because it's, it's gone on for so long. So I think there's going to be some sort of a there's going to have to be some sort of a reset in the next, you know, five years or so. Do you think oil will get depegged? Do you think like um you know, with with China kind of brokering relationships with Saudi Arabia and Iran and there and and Russia and so on, do you think at some point the petrodollar won't exist? Well, that's the talk of the week, right? Because uh, I think the first transaction for uh, just went through in in, in Rimbibi, uh, last night, and Saudi is now shifting oh, their really? focus. Oh, really? I didn't the, know that. Yeah, it was on, on Twitter. I saw, and they're they're now shifting their focus in terms of security alliance uh, alliance to China, along with many other countries in the world. I think a lot of I think. One of the mistakes the U.S. did was the sanctions program against Russia because, you know, confiscating, um, you know, oligarchs' boats around the world, I think it freaked out a lot of countries where you've got, you know, a lot of people in power have got a lot of toys around the world parked in the Mediterranean or what have you, and I think that got people greatly concerned. Um, so I think I, I, we'll, we'll see where it ends up, but I think we're obviously heading to a very confrontational um, point in uh, human history, I mean, we've had the, one of the greatest peacetime periods in uh, you know in, in modern times, you know, since World War II. Really, there's been a few kind of 
you know, minor wars around the world, but but I think we're heading to a confrontation. I think they call it a Thesisicles trap, where you've got a mono, monopolar world, and then suddenly there's a there's a, a a great threat from a from a usurper, and that was China. And I think I think Trump kind of looked at that and said, okay, well, uh, his advisors told him that uh, I think about thirteen critical technologies that the U.S. has that that China doesn't have. You know, they can they can punch out you know, electronics and make chips and so forth, but they don't can't make the machines that make the chips. You know, and um, you know, certain types of you know uh, superconductors and AI and this that the other, and so he was like, okay, well, let's try and start a bit of a trade war here to try and temper the, you know, temper the usurper. But I think now it's kind of been a bit mismanaged, and I think there's too many people turning against the US. So it's it's, it's a pretty pretty scary time. So what what do you worry about in terms of like the next five years? You know, as the you have your pulse on the global economy because you see so much of what's what's going on in the freelancing world. What worries you over the next five years, like you personally? Well, <laughs> it's are we going to go to war first, or will the robots fi- figure out we're a waste of space first? Are we going to go to a Skynet situation first, or are we going to go to you know a hot war? Basically, I think they're two they're two big risks right now. Yeah, and economically, what are you worried about? Well, I mean, infl- inflation will cause a lot of social unrest. I mean, the thing is, you know, back in the global financial crisis, when they printed money, they printed money in a way. You know, through quantitative easing and so forth, where it, it kind of flew, it kind of flowed into sort of hedge funds and 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 so forth, right? And so the asset prices got inflated. So you know, the stocks went up, and um, you know, everything from you know, fine art to classic cars and watches, all that sort of stuff inflated, right? This time around, when they did the stimulus for COVID, they did it in a way where food prices inflated because they're just you know, broad-based sort of stimulus. So, so I think the issue now is that you know. Um, when food goes up too much, people don't eat. And I think someone said we're only so many hot meals away from revolution. I think you're starting to see in countries like Sri Lanka where the effects of inflation are, are you know, it just, the country can't take it anymore. And suddenly the president's palace, everyone you know, goes in there and starts going crazy and ripping it down because because people can't eat. And I think that is going to become a broader problem around the world. We have a lot of social unrest if the price of food keeps going up. And you know, the price of food is linked to the price of oil come down a bit, but that could spike in a, in a, in a variety of different scenarios, particularly with the Saudis kind of uh, pivoting. Um, you, know, you know, if there's a revolution in Saudi Arabia in the next you know, couple of months, it could be a catastrophic um, for the world in terms of the ability to feed each other and, and power things. So, And so now, steel man that, like take the opposite side. What encourages you to, to not just lie in bed crying every day and what, what gets you to work? Oh, it's amazing the things you can create now and how easy it is to create it, you know, to turn your dream into reality now. It's just so simple, right? You can come up with a concept. You've got freelancers to help you. You've got AI to help you. You can, it's so cheap. I mean, it used to be, when I started my career in tech, you know, you had to go out and raise a series A venture round of $5 million. And, you know, it, was, it, it took 18 months, if, you, if you're lucky at all, to get any money together. And, and, and it was just so hard and so slow to sell anything. Now the world is hyper-connected. You've got a great product or service. You know, things can just take off overnight. I mean, like, look, I mean, look at ChatGPT, right? I mean, that, 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 that is a product. It's the fastest growth of any product in history, right? I mean, right. there's companies around the world you know, that make a billion dollars of revenue in their first year. What's a, a company you've seen literally created on freelancer.com that has gone to, like, amazing heights that you wouldn't expect? 
There's one that one of my co-pilots told me last week. There's a lady in Estonia, and she's come up with it. She's got a great uh, product of, of, of bitters, like a range of uh, you know, aromatic drinks. And she came on just to get a logo done, and, and next minute she's got a website built, whatever. And, and, and we've got a project management service that will just do everything for you. You just pay by the hour, uh, $35. And they're running her entire business now. It's doing sales, doing marketing, doing whatever. And she just came in to get a logo done. And she's like, oh, wow, the whole thing's just running itself now, right? So it's just, that's what's amazing is, is if you've, you know, 60% of people last time I saw a survey said they want to be an entrepreneur, 6% of people actually do it. But your ability and ease of doing it now is just so easy. It's incredible. Like just, yeah. and that's what's exciting. The ability to create, you know, products and services of the future and, and, and see all the crazy things people are doing and things you'd never think of. And uh, I think that's, that's super exciting. Well, they always say that that between two countries, you either exchange bullets or money, and so hopefully the money will beat out the the bullets with entrepreneurship and sites like yoursitefreelancer.com, which puts all these things together, and hopefully that's the direction things go in, as opposed to a more confrontational one. You know, look, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really wanted your perspective on the economy, on freelancing on you know what's going on with ai and 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 the relationship to everything you're doing and freelancer.com is a great site i used it to build the business uh, or i used one of the companies you bought early on i think it was script lance back in 2007 i used it to, to build a business that did very well so i always i always appreciate what what you guys do and 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 the site and i highly recommend people use it and check it out and thanks once again thanks for having me i look forward to it you know, coming in again sometime in the next few, a few years and we're talking about all the new things that people are doing on the site and what the France are doing. So, Or maybe our AI avatars will come on. It's like uh, my avatar will schedule with your avatar and they'll just talk. Like they listen to us all day long So they'll and they, and they train on our words. So they'll just know how to be like AI James and AI Matt and they'll go on a podcast. Let's do that. That'd be interesting. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.